Welcome to the On My Mind podcast, a show where we know what's on our minds impacts our days. So let's change what's on our minds for good. Let's get into this episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to the On My Mind podcast. I'm your host, Remy Keen, and as always, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm here with one of my good friends, Eric Burns. Hi, Eric. How are you? Hey, Jeremy. Doing good? Hey, good. Um, it's great to have you on the show today, and I'm excited to uh, get to have a conversation. Uh, why don't you share a little bit about you uh, with the audience, just so they can get to know you in case they don't? Yeah, sure. Um, well, like I said, uh, my name is Eric Burns. Um, I am a good friend of Remy Keen. Uh, we've been friends for a long time. We, uh, we had a business together for a little bit. Um, we've done all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm a Christian. We go to the same church. Uh, Career-wise, uh, I've worked in aerospace for oh, probably 15 years or so, um, from customer service to program management, um, supply chain, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, currently I'm pursuing a career uh, in real estate. Awesome. That's um, great to hear that you're, uh, you know, um, a leader, obviously, because that's something I know about you. But uh, one thing that always has stood out to me is uh, the, uh, like, leadership that you just take in a situation, um, whether it be at church or whether it be in, you know, your roles and um, at work. Uh, what, when you when it comes to leadership, how do you show compassion? Um, even when being a leader, you know, some, some people have the horrible boss mindset when, when someone's just constantly like a horrible boss to them. How do you make it make an effort to not be that? you know, if you do. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's had that, you know, that instance, that boss, that situation, however long that season was of having a, a crappy boss. Right. And um, for me personally, I think it comes down to uh, the relationships that you have. I think it is the relationships with your boss, the relationships with your peers, and the relationships with your direct reports. Um, you know, I've had a boss before or bosses before where the only form of communication they had was, hey, I'm gonna stop by your office when I need something. And that's the only time, you know, you see them or mm. something's wrong or they, there's an emergency and, and they need something done right away and they know you'll do it. Um, so I've had those instances. I've also had bosses where um, if, if, you, if you know the bell curve, of employees, you have your, your A employees, you know, your star players, and you have your C employees, your sucky players, and then Bs, you know, um, I've had bosses that overload the A's, the workhorses, they know they'll get the job done. Um, they'll just dump on them the work that a C player should be doing. But since they're failing, they just dump them on this. So I've, I've had bosses that don't have the relationship with people. I've had bosses that don't delegate, um, I guess, fairly in proportion to work. Um, and so I use that, I guess, in, in my personal leadership of, I wanna make an effort to, to get to know somebody, um, to understand, are they married? Do they have kids? What do they like to do? What drives them? You know, uh, what's their personality? Um, and I think in, in, by default, getting to know somebody and developing a relationship, you then begin to understand what's gonna incentivize um, 
you know, like your employees, if you're talking about it from a leadership perspective or, or a management perspective, um, understanding who your employees are, what drives them, what interests them, what they're passionate about, what they hate, um, you can really use that to uh, make sure that that employee's in the right spot or do, the, do they need to maybe go somewhere else, even outside of your department, if it's best for the company and best for that person. I've found that, you know, I don't necessarily want to use somebody to get me to a higher level. Um, my job as a leader is to help the people that work for me discover their strengths, and I want to help them reach their potential. And then in turn, it just by default elevates you. Um, but some people start out, and I know I did when I was younger, not caring about people. Um, and it's funny because I think you and I had this conversation maybe like a year and a half ago where you were like, Eric, I remember when you used to work at this specific job and we would be talking and it was like, you didn't even know, like you weren't even paying attention to anything like I was saying, you were just waiting for your chance to talk, you know? And so I think about that too, where it was like, man, um, that's true, you know, uh, that happened. And, and so I take those things and, and I wanted to build a relationship with, with my team members outside of just every time I, I, you know, stop by their desk, I'm looking for something. Um, and then also evaluating the, the total workload for the department or for the group, and then understanding how to split that out also based on strengths and weaknesses. Um, but in a fair way that, you know, somebody doesn't feel like they're just overburdened and someone's like, I'm living the good life. I don't do anything because I just pretend to suck at it and they won't give me anything. So <laughs> I guess that that's kind of where what I would say. Yeah. So yeah. like what I picked up on was uh, mainly empathy and uh, basically fairness and kindness are your focuses. So like uh, empathy and the fact that you get to know who the person is, what drives them. So you could put yourself into their shoes and, and be like, well, what would motivate me to work harder for me? And, and yeah. basically you find the answer in, well, you want to provide for your family or and also it helps you manage like tough situations like say you have to have a hard conversation with someone instead of being like condemning you can actually show them love instead by uh showing them that you know you care about them hey i know uh, you're going through this in your life or, or like, you know, Hey man, I noticed your, your performance has kind of dropped. Has something happened that, you know, you're concerned about, or, you know, you can approach them in a different way than, you know, a boss that's hard, but instead of, of a person that cares, like, I feel like in leadership, what we what we want to see more of um what i would want to see more of is a boss that actually cares about me and doesn't treat me like why aren't you performing you better do it or else uh how about why aren't you performing are you okay you yeah. know it's like when was the last time that you were in a uncomfortable situation that or conversation <laughs> with someone and how did you navigate that in in your mind it's funny because when you say empathy, uh, when I think about a tough situation, I, I would say um, some tough situations, especially, you know, the higher up in management you get, the more people uh, almost feel you kind of have access to a lot more people. Um, and so with, with peers, 
that could be um, very dominant and, and different from the approach that, that I would have. But, but in, in, in answering your question, I would say, uh, if you have a peer that comes into your office, say, and is just so upset about something and, and they just start taking it out on you, um, you know, I would say, I suggest, first of all, don't get defensive just in general, like they could be right. They could be wrong, whatever. Uh, they're blowing up about something and there's something driving that, you know, it's not just, it, it, you hit the nail on the head when you said empathy, because you got to look at it from their perspective, you know, okay, again, I have a relationship with this person. I know what they're normally like, you know, because I've, you know, gone and spent time with them. I've, we've gone out to dinner or lunches or whatever. Um, so I know what they're supposed to be like. Now they're like this. Okay. Let me put myself in their shoes or, or did something happen today? Did something go wrong? And, and I feel like you can have a lot more compassion when you empathize with somebody um, and you're not just shutting them off and saying, your emotions, your feelings mean nothing to me. This is a job and this is, we do X, Y, Z, no matter what, this is the, the mindset you're supposed to have, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can take a step back and say, look, I, look, I get it. You're, you're upset, you're mad about something. Let's break this down. And a lot of times, um, especially as a leader, you want to kind of guide them back on the right course so that when they leave their office, they're in a better state than when they came in. Right. You don't want to, you know, tag on and rile them up and get them even more mad or angry about something or a situation. So um, I think it's important to, to take a step back and almost um, dissect the situation with them and, and, and lead them in a way where they actually tell you what the problem is. Mm -hmm. And you're not the one that's Hey, are you mad about blah, blah, blah? Are you mad about this? And it's like, well, no, but now I am. <laughs> and so um, I think that I think that leading them in that way to help them find those answers um, in a compassionate way gets them out of that situation. And you, I think that's a victory of if someone's that upset and, and comes in and is just yelling, where they have to shut the door because they're about to just unload. Um, I think that's a victory to be able to, to have the compassion to step back don't be defensive and empathize with this person. Right. Try to see it from their perspective. Try to see where they're coming from. And honestly, you can use that same um, plan in your daily life to interact with everyone. But it's awesome that you can also carry that over into your professional life um, and, and basically uh, look at why the person, what what's their motivations? Because most every person is motivated buy something and to do something like I don't think most people want you know to to hurt your feelings or to be mean to you but for some reason something is causing that and you know I I work in customer service in my full-time job and that's one thing I notice all the time the customer's almost never mad at me personally they're mad yeah. at the event that happened and maybe not even the company but they're mad at the the thing that happened and if we can solve that we can keep the customer happy and and maybe not the customer and honestly whenever you're a manager your customers are actually your employees because they're looking to you to lead them and to provide the work environment for them and so that's yeah. that's your product to them um what sort of uh like pre uh meeting prep do you do like if you know 
like it say you aren't even aware it's going to be a rough conversation say you're just coming into review do you do anything to prep just to make sure that you're mindful of that or do you remind yourself of anything or, or maybe daily um do you just remind yourself of of anything you know to lead yourself in that right path because it takes practice. It doesn't just, you know, come naturally all the time. Um, it takes some effort. So what what do you do that shows that effort? I think that the days, the days that I don't spend um, any time with God before work are, are more challenging than others, for sure. Um, I think it's important to get your mind right. I think it's important to, not in a prideful way, but look at your position and say, I'm responsible for these people, you know, uh, you know, I, I may not be responsible for what exactly they do, but, you know, I am responsible for giving the best that I can in the work environment and how I treat them and how I coach or mentor them. Um, and so I, I think it's, I think it's spending time for me, for me personally, I think it's spending time with God and, uh, and getting my mind right. And, and honestly, just thinking about, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Absolutely. And, and, um, knowing their value, right. Knowing that they're valuable in the same way that you're valuable and you just gotta, you gotta hunt the good things that even if they might seem like a, a bad worker, there's probably something that could motivate them to become a, a yeah. good worker. I, I mean, because they're not, they're not a tool in your arsenal right? A computer is a tool in your arsenal. A program in a computer is a tool, a spreadsheet, you know, but these are people and, and you don't just go to them and be like, boop, 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 boop. Here's your, here's your task for the day. Get it done. It's like, you kind of have to understand. And, and I've had some employees that were, that were difficult um, where you kind of had to finesse your way around getting what you wanted out of them. Um, and that wasn't, it wasn't because they, they didn't care. Um, they just had, that was their personality. And so, so what I did was I, I tried to, uh, I tried to cater, I guess you, you would say to that type of personality sure. um, and figure out, okay, well, what can I do with the least amount of resistance? What's the, for the most effort on my part and the least effort on their part to get what I'm saying, what do I do? And then it's setting goals for yourself as a leader to say, okay, what's the next step where, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to have to go over there and I don't know, just as a hypothetical, bring this person a donut if I want them to do something for me. So what's my next step to be like, okay, I'm not going to bring them a donut to get them to do this. You know what? It, it comes back to relationships. What incentivizes that person? And, and for a lot of people, a lot of employees, it is not money. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's an amount of money that you have to make, but for sure. most employees, money is not the true motivator. When you really get down to it, it's not money. So what is that? What, what is the incentivizer for this person? Do they not like where they work, their environment? I mean, I had uh, two ladies that worked for me, could not get along with each other for whatever, constantly had things going on. And it's like, they would come to my office and just be like, individually, not together. And it'd be like, okay, well, we're done with this. I'm moving you over here. And I'm moving you over here. Immediately fix the problem completely resolved it. It helped the relationship with the rest of the team that was in the room. It, it completely took care of everything. And so you kind of have to think outside of the box when, when you're 
looking at things like that, where it's like, these people are valuable, like you said, you know, but something is causing them not to perform at their best, you know, and what is that? What's, what's causing them to, to fight with these other people or to talk about somebody or whatever, you know, figure that out. And it takes effort and that, that's what's hard. And I think that makes a difference between a good manager and a sucky manager. Sure. Um, I, I really like um, that you were in that position because I just imagine the same uh, issue occurring with someone who wasn't able to understand that it was a people problem and, and not like a getting work done problem. Like if you can identify that, you know, certain people work together and they need to be together, then that and certain people can't work together. That's okay. I mean, certain people are going to clash certain people are going to have differences of opinion and personality um, that just go against each other so it's best to figure out the strengths that you want to use and the strengths of that person to then promote them somewhere else uh, instead it, of demoting yeah. them go ahead well, and the other thing i would say too is um you have some employees that are vocal they'll come to your office and they'll say i hate this i hate this i hate this but then you have other employees they won't say a thing they yeah. just kind of go with the flow, but they hate it. Right. And in that specific instance, um, there was a guy that came to my office after that happened, maybe a couple of weeks later. And was like, it's so much calmer back there. <laughs> like it's, I just feel there's not as much tension. I feel better. It's like, Hey, you know, you're helping them in their work environment, you know, and that's part of what you're supposed to be doing. You're not there just to, you know, beat them with a stick <laughs> <laughs> right not not fall in line but how can i help you you know it's more yeah. like you're you're there to serve and impact them um one of the cool things that i um had uh happened to me and maybe you can share about it too is um it one of my leaders they actually like were showing me how to lead because eventually i want to be you know a leader in my um you know, regular job. And uh, what they showed me was mostly your employees can do their own coaching. Um, mostly they know how to fix and correct what they need to. And you just need to walk them through it and help them think yeah. it out. So like asking like leading questions to them, okay, well, what do you think you'd could do better on this call, you know, something like that instead of, well, this is what you did wrong. Well, they probably know that. Um, and, and I see so many similarities and like, in just like Christianity and like the failures that I make, it's like, I know my failures. I know that's wrong. I know I need to fix that. But instead of focusing on it, I focus on the good that God gives to me and it motivates me to want to do good because I gotten such a, a good gift. But, um, but anyway, what do you do you use any tactics like that in your own uh, management style that more leads a, a person to come to their own realization? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and with that, um, there's a book called Strength-Based Leadership, and it focuses on you don't try necessarily to focus on building up the weakness of a person to make them all around better you focus on their strength. That's what they're already good at. They're gonna continue to be good at that. You focus on that, you hone that in, you look for opportunities where you can use that strength on your team and, and put it where it needs to be put, you know? Um, but absolutely like leading somebody, and, and that's part of it too, is understanding their personality, understanding their strengths, 
understanding what incentivizes them um, or what de-incentivizes them. Um, because some people, it's like, you think you're doing something great for them. And you're like, mm. everybody loves this. And this person's like, I could care less about your stupid little whatever. Yeah. Or somebody could be like, oh my gosh, I could win a pin if I get <laughs> the most sales or something. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you kind of have to understand what drives each individual employee because it's not cookie cutter. You can't right. go into a position of management and say, well, all of the customer service reps, poof, this is the stamp of, of what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to speak and what you're supposed to feel. It just doesn't work like that. And that's okay. Everyone's yep. different. You, you cater to their strengths. But talking about, you know, leading them, absolutely. Um, you know, I had business operations, which is customer service, program management, contracts, that type of thing. And so a lot of it was, well, I'll just tell you this, if you don't know, which I'm sure you do, customers don't generally just call in to tell you how much they love you. <laughs> they, yep. they call because they're pissed about something. Right. They're, they're so, mad and they want to share yeah, that with you. <laughs> absolutely. And so um, a lot of times uh, coaching opportunities, if you will, or opportunities where you can start with these leading questions and, and move them into where they're going to go. They start, those conversations start from a place where my employee is already upset or they've escalated to a point because the customer has angered them so much where they've come into my office and be like, I just need to vent about blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so then you do take those opportunities to be like, okay, does this person always get upset about something? Does this always trigger them when this happens? And then think about, okay, what are some things that I could suggest to them to think about um, of what they could do different? Because, you know, you think about it like your brain's a computer. The questions you ask your brain, your brain will answer those questions. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're right or wrong, whatever, your brain is just going to answer those questions. So you don't ask questions of, you know, why did you do that? Well, yeah, like you said, they already know why. They, they know that. But okay, you did this. What, what would have been a better response? And, you know, and then you try to make them feel like they're helping the customer. You know, what do you think the customer was feeling in that moment when they did that to you? And, and, and how could you maybe help the customer to not be so crazy to go off on you and de-escalate that situation quicker? You know, so, um, you know, absolutely. Leading questions are great. I think that, that doing that is a lot more powerful to an individual because they have come up with the answers on their own and it'll be more impactful for them personally. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, uh, kind of changing topic here and everything um what is one like key leadership um idea that you feel every leader should have that maybe not a lot of them do um and you know uh it can, it can be anything from the simplest thing that maybe you see a lot of people not really practicing or something you know that you know you saw someone else practice that even you would want to get better at because one of the best things is is we're all works in progress and if we aren't striving to get better we're kind of we're missing something if we think we've achieved it because you can always improve so what what's one area that you would like to see other leaders be able to take and improve on um something that you might see is lacking sure um and I, I would think two things. I would think the first one will be relationships, not just treating your employees like a tool um, that you go in and, okay, it's time to use the hammer and hit that nail in. 
um, but actually understanding who they are, what, what they want to do. Um, because I think a lot of times leaders will fall into this. Um, if you think about a scenario where uh, maybe you're a low-level manager and you want a senior level manager position or a director position, um, you might have the skills, you might have the experience and all of the qualifications then your boss comes to you and says, okay, let's see. If we put you in this position, who would take your spot? If, if you haven't invested in your employees and groomed them to take over for you, your boss is going to be stupid if he moves you in there without a backfill. Right. Or your position wasn't valuable to begin with in the first place. So I would say relationships. And then I would say second, um, what I have seen a lot of and this is in a couple different corporations, is communication. I think managers are afraid sometimes to communicate pertinent information that the employees need to know. I think um, that if you don't communicate to your employees about something, they will start to draw their own conclusions. And a lot of times those conclusions they draw up in their mind are worse than the situation even is. So uh, for instance, you know, you, you hear rumors of layoffs. And if you don't say anything and you don't even address it, and you, don't, you know, you leave your employees to their own devices, they're like, oh, crap, they're coming. The layoffs yeah. are coming. It's probably tomorrow, you know, and, and then they're starting to think about that. They're not focused on work. They're not doing, you know, their job. Um, that's just one example. But, but communication where, wouldn't, where you would want to be told something if something's going on, you know, yeah. I get there are, there are many instances where there is data or there is sensitive information that cannot be flowed down and uh and that sucks sometimes when you know it's coming and you can't tell somebody that it's coming but where you can and as much as possible i would say communication is is great yeah i i totally agree i was actually in a situation recently um at work that they did not they waited till um it's six six weeks before the change happens and they told us and it's a huge change so um yeah <laughs> it was like we were blindsided we saw nothing coming yeah um and like why was this decision made why did we invest all this time in this project if if we're not going to <laughs> uh be able to benefit from it and then we found out we're all being you know sent back to where we came from because we're just like oh we decided that you'd be better for the company over there i'm like yeah. they, they always tell us and it's one of the things i love is that they tell us to balance ceo customer employee owner if your decision impacts the customers the employees and the owners and it it's all positive impact good but if it like really outweighs in in one area and like someone is taking a hit we maybe need to look at it and see what we could do differently in the situation and what the plan could be so ultimately yeah if they would have communicated that a lot sooner to us and uh you know more gently handled it i think it would have been a lot um less of like a surprise here's a freight train that's going to hit you uh instead yep. of uh instead of a just a conversation like well if if it's better for the company i'm okay with it but when yeah. we're six weeks out from the big event it's like well 
what (laughs) i have to adjust my life to all this now and i'm just finding out about it it's yeah no i agree communication is huge and 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 i've been in two situations like that where where i'll say i've done it both ways that that's a better way to put it where i've been the one that didn't give notice and and all of a sudden i go to the team and i'm like hey you know tomorrow we're gonna make some changes around here (laughs) and uh uh it did not go over well. Yeah. It, it it took a lot of um, after the fact effort to to regain trust of employees that um, you know, hey, I really did think this through. It wasn't me just, hey, let's try this out tomorrow. But in the way it was presented, that's that's how they interpreted it. Sure. And it was just like, oh, you got this idea and you want to just start it. Great. And um, yeah. and I've seen it done by other managers where they'll come in and they're like, I worked at this other company. It was great. Everything was perfect. This specific way, that's what we're going to do here. And it's like, dude, this is your first week here. Get, get established, have some time, understand the processes, what works, what doesn't work, understand the team, what the team, what's going to work for the team and what's not going to work for the team, because you have a great idea, but if you don't have the team currently in place, the answer is not to fire everybody and hire in you know, your old staff, I feel like you're a failure as a manager. You cannot work with the team you have and build up that team to success. And so I've done it that way where I didn't tell anybody and it was just like, hey, here's an idea. We're going to do this. And then I've done it where, hey, let's come together. This idea needs to happen. And this is kind of what I'm thinking. And if I approach it that way, what I've found is you get a lot more buy-in from employees. You get brainstorming sessions where people are like, well, I've been here for 20 years. We actually tried that and it sucked. And, and then it leads you to ask the questions, okay, what were the pitfalls? What, what was wrong? Where did you guys miss a step? Could we do something different now to avoid those? And so it, it helps to understand that. And, and that's within your own team. Then when you start getting up into higher level management, you need to think about other teams because you could go in and make a complete change to the process of your team and what they're doing. But there could be a team upstream or downstream that are affected by what your team does. And if you change something that impacts them and you don't tell them, that manager and their team will be upset. (laughs) It's called uh, nested modular is, is the viewpoint of looking at what your process is the process before and the process after and understanding how they work together. And then you can make big level changes like that without just causing chaos in the company. And so I think it's huge to start the communication early, especially in a big change that's coming through. Um, I think that's, that's important. And sometimes they still don't like it, but you're going to do it, but at least you've given them an opportunity to speak their mind, to say their piece about it. And you can say, look, I hear you. I know you are not on board with this. Let's try it. I com- And you have to be a manager that is going to say, I'm okay with change because you can say, let's try it. If it doesn't work after so many weeks, we'll go back to the old way. But at least we could say we tried. And most of the time people are like, that's fair. We'll try yeah. it see and a lot of times it works or you find eh, for the most part it works but there's a few tweaks that we need to do and then you work on the tweaks and you just keep going so uh, communication relationships 
exactly i feel like the cool thing that it, it led back to relationships again if you know your team you're going to be able to lead them and course correct even if it is an idea that needs to be worked out you're going to be able to course correct back to the right thing if you know your team if you don't then you're kind of led down the wrong path so yep. yeah that's that's great because that's you can have a team that completely lays down on you right i had i had a specific team and then uh, I was promoted to a different area and I had to leave that team and, and go over here. Another manager came in and completely had these ideas that would derail it. And, mm. and that person is no longer there. And so they had to, they left, they, they just weren't a good fit for the company. That group came back under me and uh, we were having a candid conversation. And, and I was like, I was hearing these rumors that he was wanting you to do this and do this and do this. And they're like, yeah, we didn't do any of that. So you can have a team that completely lays down on you if, if, you, if you're not listening and right. you're not caring about the relationship. Totally. So <laughs> what, what tips would you share, um, if you have any, to make sure your relationships with uh, everyone around you is um, like it is what it needs to be. And, and if not, um, like what are some steps you can take to get it there? Sure. I think with anything, um, it's consistency. Um, and I think it's, it's habit forming. Um, so I think if you can begin the habit of, of doing simple things, um, and I, and I would say, uh, if, if you're a manager and you have direct reports, um, I would say one-on-ones with your employees would are killer weekly one-on-ones. Uh, you know, I, we would do every Friday and I would just have a block of time where I would meet back to back to back to back to back to back with all my employees. Um, I would have, I would take notes, honestly, because um, I don't remember things sometimes just, you know, off the top of my head. And so uh, you know, I would have a person in a page and I would take notes, not, not with them. I would actively, uh, talk with them and, and engage with them in conversation. But after the fact, jot down some things that I remembered or, Hey, make sure to ask them this next week to see if this resolved with their son, or did the doctor visit go well for your daughter? Um, you know, things like that. And then, um, I would institute another habit of a daily, uh, walk around where in the morning, and I, I would do this first thing, walk around, you greet your employees, and you don't ask them for anything. It's a time to just say good morning, to talk about whatever. You don't even necessarily have to ask them about anything. You can just tell them what's going on. I would not do that every day. But, um, you know, it's really a time to engage so that they have a relationship with you that's not just about work, where you're not just coming over to ask them, oh crap, here comes the boss and it's in the morning time. Uh, did I have a project I was supposed to have done today? <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> oh, here comes Eric. He's just coming to say hi. Yeah. Um, and so I would say, uh, start some habits like that. Very small, very simple. Uh, daily, walk around, talk to your employees and then weekly one-on-ones. Um, and I think it's important too, um, to talk about goals and performance. Um, some managers are afraid to talk about performance, but it, I had a boss that was really good about this. He would write down notes and uh, in instances where something made him be like, 
oh, that was really good. I really liked what you did there. Or there was some improvement that could be made there. And then we would have, uh, we would do it uh, quarterly where we would sit down and, and he would go through those things. And then we would actually have goals. Um, I think a lot of times managers don't put forth goals. Um, now with you, I think being in a call center, it's very easy to put forth goals. They're very sure. tangible. They're very quantitative, you know, um, it's X, it's Y, it's Z, uh, for me in a position with program managers where the metric that we had was on time delivery, you know, or, or that type of a thing where if you have a, a job where there isn't a cut and dry thing, it's not, you have to enter so many pieces of paper into the system or make so many things you kind of have to get creative with with how you do that it's kind of going off the point here but anyways whatever the goals are whatever the performance is based off of i think it's important to share the strengths the weaknesses that you see uh which i wouldn't call weaknesses i would just say areas of improvement um and then use those examples to say this is what i've seen this is why i'm telling you what i'm telling you because sometimes employees get reviews and the review is so high level you're like oh, not great at this and you're like well what do you mean like <laughs> t- tell me why i'm not great at that you know sure. but yeah. this one boss that was something he taught me was okay you you could maybe have that high level but then you have specific examples that tail into it and you say okay this is why you know mm-hmm. this specific instance this is what you maybe could have done differently that I see from the outside looking at, you know, maybe you chose to do the best thing you could, but um, anyways, that's kind of one thing that he, he, he did with me that, that kind of, I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. Like, you know, you, you're taking the time to really write down these things and care. So um, I think it's important to develop those habits and put it on the calendar. Don't just be like, yeah, we'll start, we'll get together because things will happen and come up. So put it on a calendar block out time specific for your employees. If your employees are important to you, then you will make time for them. Right. And, and, and they see that they employees will see through people that are just blowing smoke up their butt <laughs> or are genuine. I mean, if you're genuine, your employees will see that. So I have to share this with you because um, you described exactly um, what an experience from one team that I was on to another when I transitioned the it threw me off because the new manager um he's the one who cared um it I realize now but at the time I was like why does he walk around say hi every morning what does he want from me because previously it was like that's the only reason I got talked to by the manager um which is my coach's boss so it's like not even my direct boss but you know uh, my boss's boss so it's like why what, why is he talking to me? What What's going on? But he's actually one of my favorite people in the company now because he proved to me that he cares about me. He cared about my position in the company. He cares about me advancing because he said exactly like you said, if there's no one to take my place when I move up, then I can't move up. So he's like, I need you to take his place so he can take mine and so we can all get better at our jobs and if you want that that's great he also has people on the team that is like i don't want to move up and he's like that's totally cool let's find some other ways to motivate you so i i love that i love that that you've recognized that in your own field and that i mean it translates to every other field too well, and I think that's important too. You said, you know, you, you weren't even his direct report, right? And so 
I would do the same thing. Uh, I would walk the shop. I mean, and, and just talk to people. Um, and, you know, just say, Hey, how you doing? What's going on over here? What are you building? What's, what's this, you know? And, um, it, when it really counts and when there's something urgent that needs to be done, or you need to call somebody in, um, that has already gone home for the night, uh, that conversation goes a lot better with somebody that you've shown that you care about them, right. um, rather than someone that probably would look at the phone and be like, uh, ignore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's important. I, and you know, you were asking advice for, for managers. I would say, don't ever think that you're too good to talk to somebody. You don't ever get to a point where you are too good to go down to that person's level or that employee and say hello to them. It, you never attain that. It never happens. I would, I would even venture to say that even outside of your own department or um, things like that, because you never know who can move over, who, who can eventually be your um, uh, boss or your, uh, you know, employee, like your, your report. Um, because that's one of the other things is uh, until I realized it, that if you don't get your face out there, um, when you interview, like it, say you want to do an interview to promote yourself well if they don't recognize your face they're they're gonna be like who's that but i also recognize that with you know people like oh i'm excited to go to his team so if i'm a top performer and i'm excited to go to that team that promotes you in in a way and how do i know that he's cool well one word of mouth and two i see how you interact with people and mm -hmm. yeah um i feel like you had something to say it's it's funny that you said that because uh -huh. it made me think about um i had a boss where i was actually really upset about this i had been with the company for a few years and um i didn't get a, a promotion they brought somebody from the outside in. Um, I, I really got along with him well, and, and we still talk um, to this day. And uh, one of the things he was telling me was, you know, um, be aware that the people you work with, you, you could work for them, they could work for you, you could be moved all around, whatever. Um, the funny thing is, is that he was my boss. And then, and then eventually, uh, he was one of the managers that worked for me. When I became a senior manager, uh, he was a manager that worked for me and we had such a great relationship. Um, he was one of my best managers that worked for me. And the same with peers, you know, you, you cannot treat your peers with such disdain because what if you become their boss? They are gonna right. remember every interaction they had with you. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how many positive interactions it takes to erase a negative i think i heard one time it was like a hundred or something yeah. some ridiculous number it was a very bad ratio it's like you will have to work your butt off if you treat people badly you know to to try and gain them again and so it's just funny that you know you could be working with a peer and then all of a sudden they could be your direct report and they could lay down on you and not work for you at all <laughs> yeah yeah i i love that Ultimately, it always goes back to relationship, empathy, knowing the person and caring about that person. It it will pour over onto you and your experience and your um, like the good things that come to you will be because you did good things for other people. I, I really feel like that's the case. 
So I, I think uh, that's true because a lot of times in business, it is not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. And if people, if you have the reputation that you are a do anything to get to the top of the ladder, um, well, <laughs> yeah, your yeah. team is not going to perform for you. If you yeah. have the reputation that you care about your team, um, I, I mean, if, if your company allows it, because a lot of corporations don't, but mm -hmm. it went before we were all corporatized, there was a company I worked with that was more private and we would, I would bring in breakfast for them. We would go out for lunch. We would go golfing. Um, I would take time to get away from the office and work on our relationships yeah. without telling them, Hey, we're going to go work on our relationships. You know, <laughs> it was just like, Hey, let's go golfing. Hey, yeah. let's go out to lunch. Let's go buy some lamps today. <laughs> like just silly things. I mean, yeah. and sometimes those, those little things that might not mean a lot to you, they will remember that, you know, mm -hmm. and they come back and be like, you know, I remember when we did blah, blah, blah. And it's like, those are good times, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said too, it, with other people in the company, if you move around to different places or different departments, because I did, if you already have the relationship with other people, it is so much easier to come into a department and they are already workhorses for you. Mm -hmm. I did that. And coming into the supply chain world, um, you know, from the business operations into supply chain, I already knew everybody. I already worked with people out there. I'd already actually went out there and learned some of their stuff. Yeah. And it was night and day. I mean, of what it could have been. I mean, if, if you don't, if you don't have the relationships with people, it can make or break you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love this conversation because I mean, it just, it just shows you how important, you know, people are in, in our daily life and, and that we shouldn't take any person for granted. Um, and, and basically recognize their value and figure out how you can navigate your life, recognizing that constantly. And, uh, we can always get better at it. So it, it's good to just talk it out and think it out. Um, and, and talk about that. So if there was one thing you could leave, um, with, with that you wanted to comment on that, that's super important that you just wanted to get out, um, to people that we haven't discussed so far, uh, what would you want to reinforce to anyone? I would say that as a Christian, we are to glorify God and we are to spread the kingdom. And I think that in, in showing empathy, in showing love, that accomplishes that by actions, a lot of times a lot more than words. Um, you can, you know, it's, I will say one thing that is challenging as a manager is with HR in a, a corporate setting, it can be very difficult to be a witness to, to talk to somebody about Jesus um, if your human resources is very strict. But I think that uh, showing them who you are and even um, having people uh, notice it so much that on your off days, they came up to you and was like, what's going on? Normally you're so happy and bright and how it makes me sick. How do you do that? Like, how are you that way? It's like, yeah well, it's Jesus, you know, that's what it is. And I think, I think developing those relationships with love, with empathizing with other people and having compassion. Um, I think that really opens the door, um, to, to show the love of, of Christ. 
I agree. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's a good um, note to end on. I really think that if we just think about that more um, and try to apply it to our lives, then then we'll benefit um, and and everyone will. So. All right. I definitely want to thank you for being on the podcast and and joining me in conversation today. Um, It it was great. I really think it was uh, fruitful and I'm glad to um, be with you. So thank you for listening to the On My Mind podcast. Follow us on all social media at On My Mind Pods. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel to watch videos of the podcast. If you love the On My Mind podcast, we'd love to have you review us on iTunes. Thank you for making the effort to improve your day by listening to the On My Mind podcast. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Do you want to buy some cool swag and support the On My Mind podcast? You can do that in the link in our description. Check out the store link in our description today. The On My Mind podcast is listener supported. If you would like to help, please visit the onmymindpodcast.com. Click on support or Patreon to support us monthly. Or you can buy a resource or something from the store to support us one time. We appreciate your support in any way that you can contribute. Thank you.